Okay, hey, this is Rob. Hey, this is Dan. You're listening to Remote with Rob and Dan. We're going to be changing things up. Uh, we're actually going to be, we're, well, we're in season two. And in season two, we're going to be talking about music. Uh, we are both musicians and we've spent most of our lives doing that. So we figured, why not make a podcast about that? Because really, this is just for us. Yeah, um, might, we might be the only two people to listen to it. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, so basically the way this works, this way this season's going to work is each of us are going to choose five songs and then we're going to kind of flop back and forth each week on uh, one of uh, each other's choices. We're going to listen to that song, um, obviously, you know, off air, uh, gather some thoughts and then talk about it. And we're going to wrap it up in a kind of a wrap up session uh, in November. And then in December, we'll have a Christmas episode. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's our season. That's how this is going to work. Yeah. So uh, this week we are talking about, uh, this is Rob's pick, my pick. We're talking about uh, Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails. Your very first pick. Is there a reason why it's your very first pick of all the songs in the world? Uh, you know, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's like a, this is the first one reason. Is this your favorite uh, yeah, song in the entire no, world? No, definitely not. You know, it's not even, not even close to my favorite yeah. song, to be honest. Um and uh, and Nine Inch Nails, they're not even necessarily one of my favorite bands. Um, I am trying to choose songs, and I know we've talked about this kind of off, yeah, off, uh, <laughs> off air. Um, <laughs> we've talked about this as like choosing songs for reasons, and my reasoning for this one um, was because it is a it, during when this song came out. This song came out in 1989 which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It came out pretty hate machine came out in 89, very end of 89. Um, so really it was like a 1990, um, album for the most part. Um, but, uh, it came out and at that time, you know, I was nine ish and I think, what were you? 10, 11, something like that. 89. I was nine. Yeah. So, uh, 89, 90, it was like, we were both like in the, you know, eight, nine, 10 ish age range. And, uh, I was at the time listening to a lot of, uh, I had kind of just discovered Nirvana, early Nirvana mm-hmm. bleach, uh, from, a my, my friend, I had a good friend and I was really lucky. I had a good friend who had bro- older brothers and basically we just listened to all their music. So yeah. it was like Beastie Boys, Nirvana, um, and, uh, you know, a handful of other things. And I was really into, man, 1990, 89, 90, to be honest, I was probably into like MC Hammer. And yeah, I was, a, it was all over the place when I was nine, 10 years old. It was like Garth Brooks and Bob Marley yeah. <laughs> and like the yeah. Rembrandts before friends. It was like, it was like stuff that our parents listened to. Yeah, absolutely. In combination with the random things that we found, uh, you know, interesting from like top 40. Yeah. Um, actually what was 1990? What was like the top 40, um, Top forty rock songs, nineteen. Oh man, it's probably like uh, we had Midnight Oil, uh, NXS. Oh yeah, Sinead O'Connor, The Black Crows. That's kind of weird. Really, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, Damn Yankees. Oh, I remember Depeche really Mode. loving the High Enough. Was it that one? Oh yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, Coming of Age. Oh, I don't know that one. High Enough. I really um, liked that song. Damn Yankees. Yeah, that's a good one. Group of um, douchebags. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
they actually have a song that I really like that I didn't know was them, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, shit. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it'll come to me at some point. Um, at that time, we also had – I'm going to pull this over so I can see it better. Um, let's see. Okay. At that time, we also had uh, Been Caught Stealing, Jane's Addiction. Oh, yeah. That was a, that video, man. That was a great one. Yep. Um, and then we had uh, ZZ Top, Double Back, ACDC, Thunderstruck. Um, Depeche Mode, enjoy the silence. That's that's probably about the closest thing to what Nine Inch Nails sounded like back then. Yeah, out of so all I of kind those. of totally. So my my point, kind of bringing this up, was uh, the reason I chose this song is because I think at this time I was really into like Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really into. Uh, I think at this time I was probably into Metallica. Um, and Nirvana was kind of like really it was it was coming up, yeah. you know, where I was like super into Nirvana, and and then the grunge scene was coming up, and like uh, you know maybe a year later, all those freaking albums came out: Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam, Sonable Pilots. So in like eighty nine ninety, it was all about hair metal, and um, and and all these other top forty things. And I think you know when you listen to Head Like a Hole, um, Pretty Hate Machine in general, but Head Like a Hole specifically. It's nothing no. like anything that was out there. Um, no, not at Depeche all. Depeche Mode, like you said, is probably the closest. Yeah. Um, but like, I can't even like. If you here, I'm gonna play. Just play this for a second, and we will. Uh, I'll either fade it in all fancy um, in post production, or we'll just listen to what I play right here. So this is the album version. Um, it's got all this weird stuff. It was the first song on the album. Um, right there, it kind of sounds like okay, '80s. You know, mm-hmm. it's like okay, yeah. It sounds like maybe uh, what's her name, Bobby Brown's wife at the time, Whitney, <laughs> Whitney Houston. Houston. Kind of sounds like Whitney Houston, <laughs> and then it's like, oh no, not at all. <laughs> it's like dark, yeah. Um, when it comes in, I think that that bass line is a mini Moog, uh, Model D, really, which is a Moog synthesizer. Yeah, I can kind of tell by the sound. Um, and man. Not a whole lot of crap that sounded like this. No, not at all. And then the lyrics are just like way out there. It's funny when you put it in um, in context of like the 80s, you can kind of hear it. You know, you can kind of hear a little bit of that 80s influence like you were saying. Yeah. But when I think about what I, I guess you'd call it electronic music, yeah. it, he's the first one that made it sound like hard rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, he incorporated, yeah, he incorporated big, loud, you know, distorted rock guitars and as well. like before that, when when you said, you know, well, these guys make music with computers, you think of like Kraftwerk or, right. or like, I don't know, like <laughs> Duran, not Duran Duran, like Depeche Mode or something, which yeah. it's not even really computers, it's just synthesizers. But now when I, if somebody says, this person makes electronic music. I assume it sounds like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, kind of change the face of that. Yeah, I think for sure. Uh, even to be perfectly honest with you, even now when people say electronic music, um, I don't know why I immediately go to like club dance music. Oh yeah. Um, in my head, uh, this is I would guess like 
especially this album and then even Downward Spiral, it's kind of like industrial, mm-hmm. um, you know, like industrial electronic music or whatever. And um, I, it was the first, like, it was the first time I, because I probably didn't hear this. I, I'm sure I didn't hear this in 89. No, um, I didn't for sure. I probably didn't hear this until like 91. And I was listening to, I was definitely listening to like Nirvana and Stuntable Pilots and Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. I love those bands. And I remember seeing the video for this. Um, and I didn't have MTV, so I went to a friend's house yeah. and seeing the video for this. And it was like super like messed up and like industrial and weird. And he was like covered in like electrical tape and like yeah. hanging upside down and had like white dude with like dreads. <laughs> and like, it was just super weird. I was like, what on earth is this? And it was just like, uh, you know, he was like trashing the stage and stuff mm-hmm. in the video. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Um, but it's just very like intense. Yeah. Um, and I remember being a kid. And I don't know about you. You know, I grew up in a religious house, and I remember being a kid and hearing this and like God money and like um, mm. had like a hole and black as your soul <laughs> and I'd rather die. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is like this intense. Is everything I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I yeah I I guess so the reason I chose this song and I don't think the order in which I chose it you know my first one or whatever hasn't I don't I don't know. Um, the reason I chose it is just like it was very prolific and very like uh, it changed a lot for music I think, but it definitely changed a lot for me mm-hmm. um, because it was the first time that I heard I never liked uh, in music I never liked synthesizers and uh, pianos and keys and stuff. You know, when I was like ten years old, I was kind of like, eh, I just want to hear like rock yeah, guitar, just loud stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, loud guitars and stuff. And so like synths and pianos and stuff, I was like, eh, whatever. Because um, to me at the time. Anytime I heard synth, it was that like quintessential 80s. Oh, yeah. You know, like jump um, <laughs> by uh, Van Halen, you know, like kind of lame synth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think that the 80s sort of made made that, right? Like they, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't sound like that anymore. And there's synth used on all kinds of stuff now, right? But yeah, that was when it sort of first was huge. And that's the way mm-hmm. people wanted to use it was really stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people like used it in such a, I don't even know, like campy, like goofy way yeah. a lot of times. Um, and there were some songs. Don't, I mean, for sure, like uh, the the guys from Joy Division when they broke off to, oh gosh, what, uh, New Order. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they did some stuff that was like, okay, it's kind of like, I'm sure anyone who's listened to this that would be like a purist is like, well, you know, <laughs> Joy Division and New Order and you know, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah a true. But, um, you know, Nails just, like, cranked it up a notch mm-hmm. and made it, like, like you said, like, rock, you know? Um, yeah, and also, like, kind of prolific, right? It, it threw it into the mainstream in a different way, I guess, mm-hmm. that that I think has stood the test of time more so than even New Order or Joy Division. I think, like, you can still yeah. listen to that song and be like, that song, like, kind of badass, right? Oh, yeah. Where you listen to the other stuff and it's like, oh, that's neat, but in a like nostalgic kind of way. way. It doesn't right. make me feel nostalgia. This song doesn't. It, when I here, I'm gonna play the like the chorus leading up to here. Let's uh, let's listen to when it kind of starts rocking out.
this part. So yeah, I don't know about you. That's my favorite part. But it's funny that you're like saying that. There's the bow down uh, before the one you serve. Like the the, the the lyrics and stuff are really cool. The drums are actually very like 80s pop mm-hmm. drums. You know, they're not really that crazy. But it's this, I think he found something. I don't even know what it is. And I'm, I think it's just voices. But that like weird like droning voices in the background mm-hmm. while he's singing this part is very Trent Reznor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know exactly like how he accomplishes it. I'm sure I could, you know, dissect it. But let's, I'm going to pull it back just a smidge. Listen to this weird like droning like they're like i don't even know what they're saying they're like humming sort of but it's like but he's got like these effects on it and it sounds like oh that's nine inch nails you know Mm -hmm. yeah do you know what i'm talking about it's like um the see the same thing at the end of closer Mm -hmm. there's that moog sound yeah there's something you know when you you said that about the drum beat being kind of 80s but there's something about when it's mixed with that like hard driving sort of synth rhythm that goes with mm-hmm. it that that's very ministry yeah you know I mean? ministry is a good oh yeah that's a good that's a good uh that's a good call which is about the same um, time frame right yeah ish i would say psalm 69 with that 90 actually i don't know let's look we have the internet. Um, <laughs> it, it makes it less um, ADZ, for lack of a better term. I don't know what you'd what you'd call that kind of goofy, right. goofy, happy stuff. <laughs> so ministries, uh, the their kind of quintessential album. Um, well, in my opinion, I'm sure other people have different opinions, but um, is uh, 92. Mm. So this was before ministry, wow. um, or before they kind of like took off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, Trent Reznor was really like breaking ground. I mean, honestly, I can't even think of anyone doing what he did with this before him other than maybe, you know, New Order, you know, Joy Division, Bauhaus, um, uh, those kind of like, yeah, but it's just different. You know what I mean? It's not, it is totally different. It's not as, uh, primal when i think of nine inch nails i kind of think of that like like dirty primal like stained with mud and blood and crap (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah i don't even know what to compare it to visually but it's just it's just dirtier than it's than that like sad yeah you know? it's not sad it's really not even like sad i think that's part of that's a good that's a good way to describe it because you listen to anything on um here i'll listen let's terrible lie and down in it are both good ones mm-hmm. so here's terrible lie um i mean it's really just like noises mm-hmm. that's a cool song So, like, when you listen to that, it's not sad at no. all. It's just, it's almost like some of the stuff's almost like poppy. Um, yeah, it's just very. There's like, something about even that little like, piece that we just heard could have been like any other '80s song. I wonder if it's mm-hmm. his voice that and the like general like aura that we have around Nine Inch Nails that changes it for us. I don't really know. Maybe because that's maybe. 
that sounds like when you throw on an electric drum kit and th- like the eighties, the eighties set. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's a uh, sit so down in it, you know, right after that. They're very like, that almost sounds like hip hop. Yeah, it does. <laughs> About to break dance. Sounds like an run DMC album. Yeah. it's not yeah, like that's it's i mean very... even what he's singing <laughs> kind of sounds hip-hoppy you know what i mean yeah, like totally. i wonder if it's because we i mean maybe maybe it's different for you but i didn't discover this stuff until mm-hmm. after i'd heard closer Hundred percent. So then so, that and and seeing that video and then hearing that song and it's just it's very different than this stuff, but it's still yeah. kind of similar in some ways. But it, I actually had um, there was a uh, what was it called Nine Inch Nails um, B sides or what's it called when remixes? Uh-huh. Um, uh, Pretty Hate Machine. So. I'm typing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so there was an album that came out, and uh, what was it called? Shoot, I can't seem to find it. It was super obscure, and I randomly. Oh, there it is. Um, it was called the CD Maxi Single hmm. for Head Like a Hole, and um, I had this one. Um, this came out in 1990. March 22nd, 1990. Hmm. Um, so uh, I actually did have this. Um, and I think I had heard this. I don't think I got it until like 91, 92. Um, I had heard it, at, on, like I said, out of friends on uh, MTV. And this song specifically is dark. Like it's very, the words, the lyrics, the, you know, the, his melody and everything is very like dark. You go back and listen to the other stuff. And it's kind of like, kind of goofy, mm-hmm. not goofy, but you know what I mean? Then what was it? 93? downward spiral yeah and that was like super dark yeah um right and that's that's sort of like when i think of nine inch nails that's that's what i think of yeah uh, i don't necessarily think of this album um probably because i was listening to like crisscross and and the rembrandts <laughs> and garth brooks <laughs> in 1990 yeah um so i also had so downward spiral is 94 yeah um, before Downward Spiral came out, um, I know we're supposed to be talking about a song, but th- this all pertains, I think. Um, before Downward Spiral came out, uh, that was their second. So Pretty Hate Machine was their first album, mm-hmm. first like full length. And then Downward Spiral was their second one. But in between those was uh, Broken, mm-hmm. um, which can you not get on? Really? Weird. You can't get it on Apple Music. Um huh. Broken came out, uh, Nine Inch Nails Broken came out in, I don't know when it came out, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's probably like, it was probably like 91, 92, something like that. 93 maybe. Um, but on Broken was this song called Wish. I don't know if you've ever yeah, heard, I've this, heard this song. This song was the first and only song that I covered in a band by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> And what was cool 
here. That's in um uh the crow. Yeah, maybe Is something it, or like some, that. Some they movie. had another one in the crow. There's definitely in a movie. Like I'm actually watching the video right now. It's very like. What was eighty nine? Okay. Weird. Um, right on. The video is very like the crow is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect way to that describe does. That it. That sounds like that song um, sounds like the crow. But it's a uh, it's very like industrial gothic, mm-hmm. um, and very different and dark compared to Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, and that's what I think of, obviously, and I think what you think of when we think of like Nine Inch Nails, yeah. especially in the early '90s. Um, but I remember my point is, I remember covering this song with a, a band that I was in, and it's obviously very um, industrial, very synth heavy. Uh-huh. And I remember at the time we like we replicated a lot of the stuff just like with a four piece, you know, normal band like guitar, drums, bass, yeah, and that sound at the very beginning <laughs> here if you listen to it that uh-huh. that was literally him doing it on the drums and the and on the um the rim and then us all on the microphones going <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like you should have done that sounds i think because i mean at the time at the time we didn't know like what these instruments were no. and like we're like whoa those guitars sound weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah and um, how would you even if you'd have known how would you replicate that and then try to play a live show in time yeah it wouldn't work as, Super as like weird. a 12 year old <laughs> we actually yeah i was probably i was probably 13 14 yeah. and um we actually had uh we covered a song by the prodigy <laughs> called uh what was one that was like bow bow oh um, um not smack not smack my bitch no um, it's the the fire starter Firestarter. Yeah. Um, we covered Firestarter and uh there was a noise in that song. It was very like in super industrial, mm-hmm. obviously. Um there was a noise in there, it sounded like a pipe. Yeah, it was like the whip, like with, a whoop, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually went to the hardware store looking for like pipes and we had like this stick and we were like hitting different pipes to see what <laughs> which one like kind of sounded like it. <laughs> we bought one. That's awesome. We would play shows. We had this stupid pipe on stage and we'd hit it. <laughs> Just to cover a prodigy song. Trying Not to even like your industrial. own song. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So it reminds yep. me of that time we saw that band Drowning Pool and he played a shovel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty stupid, oh, yeah. too. That was surprisingly loud. Yeah. Yeah. And um, bad. This this dude from this band, uh, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, if anyone remembers that. When he when they play the song, uh, he'd pulled out like a snow shovel, like yeah, a metal snow shovel. Like a corn and just, shovel. Like, on the beat, you know, on the downbeat with the snare, he would like smack the stage like like a freaking lumberjack. Yeah, I bet the club um, owners loved that. <laughs> I bet that was great to fix those as really nicks loud. And gouges taken out of the stage from his corn shovel. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, head like pretty a hate hole. machine. Pretty Hate Machine for me and Head Like a Hole specifically was that was definitely my introduction. It sounds like your introduction was um was uh closer. Yeah, which, to you me, know. And it's funny because to me that even though I know it's all electronic music, right? It's all sitting in front of some kind of computer with synthesizers, um closer reminds me more of what my like I idea of electronic mm-hmm. music is 
mm-hmm. as opposed, you know, like there's something about had like a whole that even though the drums sound like a drum machine and everything's probably some kind of machine still sounds like a real band. You could play it. You know, if you're good enough, you could play, you could play all that with a guitar and a bass and some effects pedals and some drums. Yeah. Whereas like closer, you really couldn't probably. I mean, you can, but then you end up sounding like Maroon 5. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. That was bad news. (laughs) Um, but then you go like another thing that I was going to say just about this in general is to pull that shit off live. Even all of it is difficult and I've seen nine inch nails live before and it's like same perfect. Yeah. And amazing. It's insane. I saw them on the downward spiral tour at Hershey park in uh, Pennsylvania. And, um, man, they were, it was insane. Yeah. It was the biggest, like loudest, most like elaborate show I've ever seen. Me too. Probably. I saw them. God, what was the one? It was like maybe 2005. What was that oh, wow. album? Was like it called fragile. fragile? Yeah. The fragile. Um, yeah. I guess it was that tour. It was the fragile tour is what it was called. I think. And it was like him and he had, um, Josh freeze on drums. And then he had that, his, keyboard oh, yeah. guy who has great albums on his own um matt, alessandro yeah alessandro cortini who yeah matt Watlin's a huge fan of and got me turned on to him um i'm a big fan too he was uh, obviously there you know on keyboards and it was just unreal and it, yeah i mean half the time you couldn't even see the band because there's you know digital screens over the front of the <laughs> stage playing all kinds of fire and crazy shit but i i just remember thinking that it could have been they could have just been playing the albums it was so perfect yeah it's they're super super good live um i always enjoyed uh when i saw them on the uh the downward spiral tour they played obviously you know march pigs and all the big heresy which is like my favorite nail song of all time Mm. um they played all these crazy awesome songs and it was just like so freaking good um but they played that uh wish Mm -hmm. that song and I was actually there with my band at the time because it was like 96, 95, 96, something like yeah. that. I was there with my band at the time. And uh, we we're all like, yeah. And uh, they're obviously <laughs> like a thousand times better at it than we were. Um, they're not doing that thing with their voices. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really cool. Um, they uh, they really changed a lot of stuff. And they, they kind of defined an, a um, – there are only a handful of bands that when someone says industrial music um, – that I think of, and I always put Nine Inch Nails like right at the front. Yeah, like and they skinny, are like skinny the... puppy. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's Nine Inch Nails, and uh, in the '90s, Stabbing Westward. Yeah, um, and uh, Gravity Kills. Gravity Kills. I think they were from St. Louis. Power Man Five Thousand. Power Man Five Thousand. That's a good one. Spider. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember listening to an interview. It's funny that I remember this, but on the radio in St. Louis on the point, and it was mm-hmm. right when um, Hey Man, Nice Shot came out and Filter, mm-hmm. and yeah. they were interviewing those guys, and they were sort of like giving them shit for being an electronic mm-hmm. band. They were like, oh, you know, wow. you don't, you're not playing guitars, and I mean they do obviously sometimes, but they their rebuttal to all of that was Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, and was like, like if there was no Nine Inch Nails, there would be no filter, right? And there would probably be no stabbing westward, (laughs) right? Um, Yeah, for sure. Definitely, I don't think that guy would have known what to do with his sadness. (laughs) 
<laughs> Boy, he was sad. Man, so um, sad. That I mean, it's just like perfect that they had an album that literally had a uh, mascara smeared yeah, chick that's crying. Like, that's on what the front. your music it's sounds like, like. This yeah, this woman crying. <laughs> they, uh, to be honest, though, I, I still love them. I do too. Um, I think they're they were a great band. But Nails, I think it's pretty hate machine and had like a whole. I don't think very many people actually realized that that was like 89. That I was didn't. a really long time ago. I didn't at all. It's, uh, I mean, that's like, when you think about it in that context, that's insane yeah. that they that, that album came out, that that song specifically came out at that time. It's as insane as Smells Like Teen Spirit, I think. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, almost more. I mean, the, the, you, when you were reading off those songs, it was. It was shit like, like every rose has its thorn and stuff. Right. You know, yeah. and then you have yeah. this guy making music by himself with some synthesizers yeah. and a computer, probably like an Apple One or some <laughs> shit. I don't know what he was using. But um and just He was using mostly synths at the time. I've actually I've so Alessandro Cortini, I I also love. Um yeah. and uh I've been digging in the last recently on like mostly on the synths they use. Like I've got a rack of synths back there. Yeah. Uh, Moog. Moog, which is what they, you know, where Trent Reznor started on a Moog prodigy. Um, Moog was, uh, is actually in Asheville, which is like, you know, right down the road yeah. from where I live. So I've been to the factory a few times and it's really cool. And, uh, they're all like handmade, um, here, obviously in the U S and all that kind of stuff. And they were back in the day too. And so his first instrument was a Moog prodigy, but then he also got a uh, model D, a mini Moog mm. model D, which is, which is most of like those like driving bass sounds, it's just you know, key, on the albums, like, it's keys. keys. Yeah. Um, huh. It's a mini Moog and it's, it's got that very distinct. I mean, when you listen to here, now we're going to listen to another one. Um, when I hear this song, it's just like, to me, it, if someone says synthesizer, I immediately think this song. Huh. Yeah. Like, that to me is just like quintessential synthesizer tone, you know. Which is and it's the, <laughs> sounds like a, <laughs> kind of sounds like the getting a Beverly Hills cop. <laughs> um, but it's kind of dark and kind of like you know it has like a growl to it. Yeah, um, that he always did with his synth stuff. Imagine sitting down as a band and first hearing all this shit and being like, "Oh, we're gonna have to play this live." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Back then, uh, I guess it was it's not like you had as much technology for like live. I mean, uh, I guess you would have had a click track, right? I, I like live. They probably had tracks. They probably ran tracks the same way, you know, a lot of people do yeah. in modern day. But I'm it's, cer- I mean, certainly wouldn't there's have been no as way it was as easy as it is now. I mean, half, half the freaking acts now, you can see. Um, I can like watch SNL or whatever. <laughs> the drummer the like playing, changed the And there's track. like a drummer. <laughs> There's like a drummer like playing. I'm like, that is not the sound no. coming from those drums. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from the keyboardist behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, what do you think of, uh, just as a drummer, I picked this song also for this topic. Um, what do you think of, uh, you know, like drum machines and stuff like that? Like, how do you, like as a drummer, um, like, have you ever been interested in like, I want to play on a drum machine. I want to like play around with one. <sighs> not particularly in the sense that that would be it, right? Like I would, I have, if I'm trying to like mess around and write like my own music, which I mm-hmm. think, I think is 
probably a more fun way to use one, right? Sure. And it's probably why there is no just drum machinist. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's there's people that use drum machines, but also write music like right. Nine Inch Nails. Um, but I don't, I don't have that mentality where I need to shit on it. You know, like some people mm-hmm. do. I'm not a purist in that way because, I mean, to be honest, I don't even know how to tune my own drums, and I've been playing them for 20 years. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not a, like a, like a nerd about acoustic drums either. Yeah. Um, I think, in this sense, I think they're cool because I think there's a sound and uh, certain things that happen that need to be like that automated feeling, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you go into the, if you go to head like a hole into the little like drum break after the second Mm -hmm. chorus, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. And there's like the, the hi hats doing that. And then it goes like for a second, like real fast, um, which a lot of club hits do now. Um, yeah. Like I like that kind of stuff about it that if you were, I mean, a drummer could essentially do that. Right. But it wouldn't feel the same. Like the hi hat, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It definitely doesn't sound real. Yeah, and there's like if you go into the there's a little drum break. Maybe it's not after the second chorus. It's it, it happens. It's a different drum beat than the normal beat of that song, and um, there's just different sounds that are coming out of the snare that aren't all the same as just hitting a snare, which you yeah. could essentially yeah. do also with recording tricks and with your if you're a good enough drummer. But it just wouldn't have that same feeling that, like, you know, he kind of, like, created. Right. Um, yeah. And so I like I like them in that sense. But I yeah. don't like them if you just don't have a drummer. You know what I mean? Like, I sure. don't like them yeah. when they just sound like, when you just pick, like, Eddie from your, your drum <laughs> kit in your computer and he plays whatever <laughs> they want him to play. Uh, yeah. whatever algorithm decides goes with your song I think that that's yeah. dumb you might as well just find a drummer <laughs> yeah yeah there's a there's definitely some it's weird because there are I think in the, like the mid 2000s um, there was like this weird negative connotation for like triggering drums yeah um, you know like taking acoustic drums and then basically using electronics to kind of make them sound different or better yeah um, whereas now, I feel like most modern music, um, a lot of it, it is actually is. done on yeah. drum machines. It's all yeah. fake. Um, yeah. I, it's funny because it, if it's done well, you don't even really notice that they're triggered, right? It's just yeah. to cover up the recording. Correct. Well, it's like <laughs> taking a taking a guitar and adding some nice you know pedals to yeah. it to make it sound fatter or better or whatever. Yeah, I don't see any problem with that. It, it has been done badly. I can think of... <laughs> <laughs> the one that comes on the top of my head was um, Offspring. the whole Ixnay on the Ombre album. Yeah. <laughs> Man, whoever triggered that, it just sounds like the same sound over and yeah. over again. Even when he does rolls, it's so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny because when you think now, most of the stuff that I do now, like I do a lot of you know recording at home and I do drum stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, a lot of, almost all of it's digital. I mean, I've got a drum set right there, but I can't play it to save my life. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, most of it's digital and I'm programming most of it, you know, in MIDI. Um, I remember 
back in the day, uh, when early, early uh, doing this, the sounds were just awful. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much I like adjusted the velocity to try to make it sound like a human, mm -hmm. it always just sounded fake. Now, dude, there's some stuff like that you can get these like super heavy duty like software packages. It's like, I can't even freaking tell. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm like, sure. Oh, that's, I, I guess that was a human. I have no idea. Um, just think so. years from now when you don't even need a band, you don't even need to sing. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. I liked that back in the day with uh, with Trent Reznor with Nails, um, and then a handful of other bands too. They use drum machines, and they they're completely unapologetic. They're like, well, yeah, it's a it's a machine. Yeah. What everything on this album's a machine. Yeah. You know, that's the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going for. So it's I, I don't know. I think from that perspective, it's really cool. You know what I the music was I just think so about, and maybe it wasn't a situation like this, but record it, and maybe you can you have a different perspective on this because you actually do it sometimes, but the recording the entire thing by yourself, despite, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that you have to have all this vision, like just out of your ass to do something like that. <laughs> the, the like, it's not motivation. The, the energy that mm -hmm. you'd have to have singing that. I just don't feel like I'd be able to muster up. Where, whereas yeah. if I was like with a band, I could, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Even recording, like I mean, there's even like that excitement of like, oh, dude, I'm doing my vocal tracks now. And the band's kind of sitting around and listening and you're like yeah. trying to get into it. Whereas you're just like alone in like yeah. a blacked out windowed room in a basement somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure I just don't. There's a lot of, there are a lot of like, you know, you talk to, you know, our buddy Spencer is a guitar player in our band from, you know, back in the day. Um, you talk to anybody who's into like creating their own music by themselves and uh, motivations like intensely. Yeah. Like, and how hard. do you, you know, you, you're quality controlling yourself and, yeah. and you're trying to like get it right. So you're trying to sing these lyrics to the song that probably at one time were emotional, but. Mm -hmm. it's like your hundredth time doing it and you're trying to like growl, you know, black <laughs> is your soul the right way. And and you're yeah. by yourself. It just feels really, really difficult. Yeah. He had, uh, at the time, you know what? I actually, uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't know. I usually have the songs that I really love like this. I actually do a little bit of research, but I actually don't know. If he did this by himself, yeah. Do you think he was at like a recording studio? Was it? It wasn't his I, own record label back then, right? No, he did. Um, uh, he was on a label. I can't remember the name of it, but he um, released in October by the Bicycle Music Company. <laughs> well, maybe it was his own label. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, but uh, he very quickly started his own, you know, broken records or whatever yeah. it was, um, and did uh, he did Manson's um, mm -hmm. his first album, um, and. Uh, he, uh, you know, he did all of his, so when he started, um, downward spiral, I forget the name. This is like terrible of me. The guy who does basically everything with him since then. Um, it's been one guy, one producer guy. I forgot his name. He's on like the, I think he's even on the cover of one of his newer albums. Um, hmm. I didn't ever even knew he's a producer. He's a producer and he's worked on a ton of stuff with Trent Reznor. So I know that he's got like some accountability, you know, a little bit of an accountability buddy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he did with that album with uh, Pretty Hey Machine. Yeah, I just don't feel like I could. I don't know. It's a special, it's a special kind yeah. of thing to be able to do something like that. And 
end ever feel finished, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Dude, I, I mean, you know me, I've been wanting to, I've been writing, writing music, recording music, even since before I met you. Yeah. Um, I've been reco- writing and recording my own stuff for a really long time. You know, the early oh, <laughs> the I remember stuff, that, <laughs> stuff that I was doing before I met you is pretty weird. Um, actually, it was probably, it was pretty uh, nails influenced, um, mm-hmm. but probably a little bit more like Depeche Mode and weird. And I didn't really know what I wanted to sing. And my melodies were very like dark and weird. Um, but <laughs> recording back then, you know, I had a literally a drum machine. You remember that Zoom uh-huh. thing I had? Yeah. Um, I had that drum machine and then I had um, a karaoke machine with a, it's basically, it was basically a reel to reel. Yeah. You know, I had two tape decks and one would record and one would play back and I just flip them back and forth. Um, and I think we did we that. We did that for, recording uh, yeah. Say It Ain't So. Yeah. And what I if. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, doing it by myself since then and even up until now, um, it's always been super hard for me just to finish a song. I can record, I probably have, if I pulled it up right now, I probably have, I don't know, 50 ideas um, mm. recorded in uh, in Logic. Some of them like fairly polished. Um, some of them just like scratch, but like tons of ideas and none of them are finished. Um, yeah. So like the fact that these guys, like the dude from Filter and, um, you know, Trent Reznor can just sit down and like write these like super awesome, amazing albums and then record, basically record them himself too. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Yeah, it's really insane. And I think the singing part would just be mm-hmm. God awful hard. I guess uh, foreshadowing a little bit, um, another one of our picks for this series uh, did that all himself as well for his first album. Yeah, right. For their first album, yeah. Man, that'd be so, especially not having a traditionally good voice. You know, like Trent mm-hmm. Reznor's voice isn't like, he, he, right, he yeah. wouldn't win American Idol. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like yeah. he probably had more confidence in his songwriting ability than he did his vocals, especially at the time. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it would be really, listen really to hurt. hard. You listen to Hurt and some of the other songs where the arrangements are like, they're either like chromatic or like super dissonant, like mm-hmm. the chords and stuff that are used are like really weird. And then to sing over that, yeah, you know, half the time you didn't sing, you just kind of like talked. Yeah. Um, Cause you can't, there's like barely any musical quality to some <laughs> of the songs. Some of them are very like, you know, musical or whatever, but, but. have you listened to the, um, the ghosts five and six, the newer stuff that they've done. Um, I listened to one of those. I mean, it's been a long mm-hmm. time, so it probably wasn't those. It was probably like the first two. Um, mm. I like them. I like, I like anything that I can work to. And those are really nice to work to. Um, yeah. What was the movie recently that he did? Was it? He did Watchmen, I think. No, he did. Um, was it soul was it that disney movie i think it was which is super strange um it's all jazz really Mm -hmm. i didn't know he did soul Um, let me see atticus Um, atticus ross by the way is the name of the producer oh really yeah um oh wow you're right yeah holy crap um trent reznor and john batiste and atticus ross whoever that is um yeah, and I don't know if you've seen that movie. I've seen it once, but um, I have not. The music in it is, it, you know, I might have to go back and watch it with that in mind because I saw mm-hmm. that at the in credits, obviously, and um, like I remember 
thinking like, oh, I guess that makes sense because some of it was kind of like weird and really like not, not mm-hmm. like jazz, you know, freaking shake your hands, jazz crap. <laughs> um, but I, I need to go back and watch it again. And with like that in the front forefront of my head, one show you should watch, um, and definitely not with your kids <laughs> even at all, but, um, but watch, uh, is really, really good. Um, and actually I think from a social justice perspective, I actually think, uh, Elizabeth, your, your wife would like it. A oh, lot yeah. too. Um, it's called Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on HBO. Uh, he did the soundtrack, um, to it. It's, he scored it. I remember watching like the first episode and being like, that's Trent Reznor. Oh, yeah. And uh, and everyone was like, what? And I was like, that's totally Trent Reznor. And uh, I looked it up and I was like, yep, it's Trent Reznor. <laughs> like, it's just like, it sounds, it doesn't sound like Nine Inch Nails at all. Yeah. But it definitely has that, like, he's just got this cool quality of, like, creepy and weird sometimes mm-hmm. that no one else has. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's funny because you don't, like, if you look at him, mm-hmm. you don't really think that. Maybe back, maybe back in the day when he duct taped right. his arms in circles, but now he looks like he's picking up his kid from soccer practice. Yep. Um, which I guess we all do. <laughs> so, I guess we all really do pick up our kids from soccer practice too. Um, um yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, that's my, uh, that's my first pick. Um, do you, uh, do you like that song? I do like that song. I do. I would not have picked that as one of your picks. Yeah. I was trying to pick stuff that's not, I mean, there's a couple that we'll talk about that are like super obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, hopefully some that aren't quite as obvious. Um, and uh, I mean, it's just, this is one of those bands that um, are guys, whatever you want to, you know, categorize it, that since the early 90s has been influencing me, but like in and out, yeah. you know, for, for years. Um, I've never consistently listened to Nails. We have a lot of friends, mutual friends that like, consistently oh, listen yeah. to and love That's like their favorite Nine band. nails and um i've never been that guy but i've always had um i've always had their latest albums um you know i've always picked up the latest when it comes out um i don't always like you know dig into it the way like the fragile when it came out mm-hmm. i listened to it a little bit but not like a ton i like that um, I-, I like that album a lot actually yeah I mean, they're always, I always like them. They're always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, With Teeth is probably my favorite in the last like 15 years. Yeah. Um, it's a super good one. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. That's head like a whole, man. Goes back. It's one of my faves for sure. Nice. All right. Well, guess that's good first episode. Guess that's it. That's, uh, that's the, first, the first one. Guess that's how it's going to go. That's the first one. Next week is yours. Do we want to talk about what you're what you're choosing, or are we going to be we're just going to wait? We can be vague um, because I don't actually know which one I want it to be. <laughs> um, I've only picked four out of five mm-hmm. so far. We should go with something that uh, is the polar opposite of this. I'm cool with that. Maybe, and I think I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Okay, little little nostalgia next uh, next week or next month. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm flip flopping between two, um, <laughs> and it's either a a warm weather feel good hit. There you go. Or a uh, <laughs> I don't even know a guy that's made a cameo on South Park with all his Grammys. 
<laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Um, that's a that's a good one. Maybe we'll go with that one. Yeah, that's a that's a really good. One. We should do that. I can I can definitely talk all day about that one. Yeah, that's a that's a good song. Um, so yeah, if you want to try and guess, cool. he's been on South Park. Talks about his Grammys. He's a he's a knight. <laughs> Yeah. And he uh is he really a knight? Is he a sir? Yeah, I think he is a knight and uh he's a big fan of the first book of the Bible. Ha. Good. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that one next. <laughs> I love that. Part. Cool. Um uh, cool. All right, everybody. We uh we appreciate you listening. Hopefully you enjoy the new format. Uh we'll be doing these once a month, rolling them out, and then uh yeah, we'll go from there. So Leave some uh, reviews. Let us know what you think. Appreciate it. All right. Peace out. soon. All right. Later. 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 Later.